friends. Welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys for another episode, our first episode of February. Cannot believe 2020 is flying along so fast, but here we are. The music that you're hearing, as always, is from my friend Ryan Allwart. If you've not checked out his music, please do so. He was kind enough to create the music that we use each week for the show. My guest this week is Sarah Ryland, who has become a good friend of mine over the last couple of years. Sarah was the best friend of Christina Grimmie, who was a popular singer on YouTube who went on to be on The Voice and was tragically killed following one of her concerts. So as you can imagine, the last few years have been very difficult for Sarah. And so she and I kind of connected over our shared experiences of grief and have gotten to know each other through that process of just kind of processing our own grief together. And so it's been really nice to have somebody that has a similar story uh, than to what I went through to be able to talk to. And uh, we've kind of collaborated on some work together and it's just been great to kind of process our thoughts. And so this conversation is kind of a collection of a lot of the stuff we've talked about over the last couple of years. And I truly think that this is one of the most important conversations that I've had on this podcast. Sarah has just been super open and vulnerable on social media and on her own blog and her own podcast about her grief that she's gone through. And I really appreciate her coming on here just to share her own experience and be vulnerable and to bring light to what can often be a very dark period for Christians or people in general. I think as Christians, sometimes we are scared to ask questions. We're scared to say that we have doubts. And the whole point of this conversation, I think, is to show you that sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's okay to ask those questions because it often leads you to a a position where you have a stronger faith. You understand things a little bit better. And so that's ultimately what I think we are wanting to do here with this conversation is just encourage you guys that, you know what, if you've got questions, so do we. And it's okay to not always have all the answers. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friend, Sarah Ryland. All right. Well, glad you could finally join us after the uh, <laughs> snafu of trying to download Skype and yes. use multiple computers. But glad you're here, Sarah. Uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you over the last couple of years. Um, you know, just for people who don't know you, I guess kind of give a rundown of your story. Um, you know, obviously you grew up with Christina Grimmie, for you know who a lot of people know, but um, you got you know quite a unique experience that you know your friendship with her has brought an experience in your life that, you know, has brought you to where you're at now. So kind of give a rundown of your story, I guess, kind of the elevator pitch of your life story here. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Um, Let's see. Counting down. Um, Yeah, my name is Sarah. (laughs) But um, I guess for for the sake of what we are going to be talking about today. um, Yeah, I guess talking about Christina, we grew up together since we were five. We met in kindergarten class and it was kind of always the running joke. We couldn't exactly remember which one of us did it but one of us knocked over the other's crayons and then the other one said hey and then the other one said sorry and we just became friends and so that was like this our our little story of how we met and we were best friends ever since and um yeah um so I mean like sisters super close for so many years I guess from we were five till we were 22 I guess um and then um, so a couple of years ago, she was killed very suddenly and, um, very like ran, it's seeming, you know, random and kind of just tragic and a terrible situation, um, that came out of the blue. And so I guess there's been a lot of trauma that I've had to work through because of that. Uh, you know, a lot of who I am, like kind of was enmeshed in who she was, you know, we were very much like tied together. Our souls were really, cause we really formed each other through all of our formative years, you know? Um, so there's been a lot of that. I've had to work through a lot of questions in my own faith that I've had to work through, like since losing her, um, because we were just so close, like, like more than sisters, you know, almost like twins, you know, they always say like twins have like that weird connection. Cause we were always just like, so in sync, And, like, I think we have, like, the same personality type or something. But, yeah, so um, it affected me in in a a massively life-altering way. Um, 
but it's given me the opportunity to really probably ask questions I don't know that I would have ever really asked of God um, had something this terrible happened, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of hers, and then just you had appeared in a lot of her videos, and so when that tragedy mm-hmm. happened, um, you know, it was a year, it was later that year that I suffered the tragedy that I suffered, and I had remembered, obviously, what happened, and I was like, I wonder how Sarah is dealing with this, because it was like, I just triggered in my mind, I was like, very similar, like, you know, we're around the same age, and so I would, you know, I, I just started following you on social media, and I was really inspired by a lot of your posts about grief, and then I just reached out to you, and I was like, hey, like, I'm writing a book about this, like, would you want to tag team this and, like, talk about some of these topics together, and I've just enjoyed the process of, like, you and I just having conversations like deep conversations about grief and what we've learned about God and the process of dealing with those hard questions because like for me and I'm sure that it was the same case for you when you go through something like that you start to ask like literally ask God everything that you could possibly ask him and the first one is why why did this happen to her why am I what mm. you know why did my friend have to deal with that How, you know all this kind of stuff and when you wrestled with those questions what what was that, I guess, for people who haven't been there, it's really hard to explain. It's really hard mm. to explain the, the depths of those moments. Um, mm. You know, going from that to, you know, where you still can claim Jesus is my king and I still mm. praise the Lord every single day. People who don't understand that, that aren't familiar with God's grace and God's love, mm. you know, how, how did you deal with those valleys, but also, you know, maintain your faith in Jesus during those times? Oh my gosh. <laughs> loaded um, question, I know. Yeah, <laughs> so loaded, like a big Thanksgiving plate. I just don't even like... You your heart out right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, my gosh, no, it, it's like, it's definitely been a crazy process. And to say that like, like it's been all over the place I feel like it's been a mess you know they they say that there's like the stages of grief but really it's like you jump from like one to another to like three down and like two back and you're just I feel like you're all over the place and I think especially like especially being a Christian and then having to like reconcile the two things you know like dealing with massive pain and suffering in the world and then having to reconcile it with like what I know of God, which is like his goodness, you know, and his like love and care for people. And he's never intending to like harm people, you know, and just like having to reconcile those has been really challenging. And I think, you know, like I have a degree in theology, so like I could spout out like all these very (laughs) theological answers. And I mean, even to myself, I was like, like, I know answers for these things, but it doesn't really answer that question of why. And I think like, initially when it first happened I was just in so much shock that you don't fully realize like you're not fully awake to maybe what has actually happened like it's really just too much to for for your mind to digest um and I think at that point I, I remembered something I had heard years ago which was like when you don't know what's going on remind yourself of what you do know so I think initially I just spent so much time like And that's what a lot of what I would post like on Instagram initially, which is what like when like so many of her following like jumped onto my Instagram, um, people would be saying like, wow, like, you know, you're so brave or like you're so strong and all these things. And it was like, not at all. Like I'm, I'm saying this like to myself to remind myself, you know, like it's really hard to claim that as like something you're firm of, like in those situations. Um, so initially it was like repeating back what I knew of, of God, you know, of his faithfulness in the past, of his faithfulness through scriptures, through people's situations that were, were just as bad as this or even worse than this, you know. Um, and then I'd say about like 10 months down the line, it started to really like settle. And that's when I started kind of sensing this like anger, like like real intense anger starting to like bubble up kind of to the surface and I was kind of afraid of it because I was like I've never in my life felt not that I can recall I don't think I've ever felt anger towards God I think I've always been able to and that's like his grace but like I've always been able to differentiate like my suffering from him you know it's like oh like this suffering like is inflicted because of like other sinful humans on me 
or like circumstances of the world or whatever but I've never I've never like blamed him for it and then I just started to feel this anger that was like boiling up and I was afraid of it I was like I don't want to be angry at God you know but I know that I have to be honest and I have to like work through this if I want to continue having a relationship with Mm -hmm. God you know what I mean because you have to be like real and so that kind of started a new phase of like this extra dark extra dark time you know that I walked through where I was asking those really big questions and then throwing out initially like why is like (laughs) I feel like the foundational question probably that we all ask when we're experiencing something like illness or like loss or whatever um and I actually heard a sermon one time, which was actually before Christina passed away. It was from her pastor and, and her parents had actually heard it and shared it with her. And um, for those that don't know, like her mom suffered from breast cancer for, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how many years, like 23 years or something like that. Um, she had like a couple short periods of remission and she had breast cancer three times, basically. Oh my um, gosh. And towards the end, it was like, so my entire life of knowing her, she's always had it. And it was one of those things like you, I mean, you just think like, oh, she's like, ne- she, she's like, she can go through anything. Like she's fearless. Like she's not fearless, but like resilient. Like she's, she's always come out even when it was really rocky. She's always come out stronger. And she did um, just recently pass away after Christina. But going through all that suffering, and I know it was really hard on Christina, never knowing if her mom was going to be okay, brought a lot of anxiety yeah. in her life. And her pastor had taught this message on like the big like why question and and um, actually her pastor and his wife, their young daughter had faced cancer. And right before she did end up passing away, um, he preached, preached this sermon. His name's Britt Merrick. For those that want to go listen, I highly recommend it. Um, but it's it's called. Um, oh, what's the sermon title? It's like. It's about um, sparrow. Oh, when sparrows fall, I think. Um, but basically, he was. They ha- they were in Israel doing all this treatment for their daughter, and he like went out into the desert one day, and he was so broken, and he was like screaming out to God, like in the desert, like, why, 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 why my family, why my daughter, like why why do we have to feel this? And he's like, and you know what I heard? Nothing. <laughs> and yep. you're like, you're like what? (laughs) That's not the answer I want, you know? But then he goes in to talk about the scripture where it's talking about God is is sharing with his disciples about, um, you know, uh, like, oh, you'll have to face tribulation and you'll have to face suffering. But like, you know, when a sparrow falls, like a sparrow doesn't die without me knowing and, you know, without me being there. And he goes into this, and I share this actually in one of my podcasts, I think, but he, he goes into talking about how like, look like you just read that passage and you're like what they're all probably freaking out like hold on a second you're gonna beat it that that's nice but like why do we even have to face this you know and he he's saying like we don't like we most likely will never know the exact why you know why did you lose your friend in that accident that was like bizarre you know why did christina have to die in this way which was insane and out of the blue you know and like we know like bad things happen in the world because of like man's choice to do evil but like why it's allowed in our individual lives in certain ways like we'll never know and so I think that for me was a massive answer sorry for a very long answer but like no it's good something that I feel like I I've had to because it's like it's definitely a reconciling it's not the answer you want but then I think something else he mentions is like if you had the answer like would it be sufficient you know yeah because it loss is still there the pain is still there so it's, sorry. it's it, no that's a great answer and i i just finished a book uh, by barnabas piper john piper's son it's called help my unbelief and i got the chance actually yesterday to have coffee with him and like just to talk to him about his book too and i it was probably the one thing that i've read that's e- most eerily similar to what i'm already writing and i told him that i was like i started this book like two years ago had no idea that your book existed and I read through it and it's just so many things that I felt and one of the things that he stu- that that I've heard it before but it just sometimes whenever you hear something a different way it's always nice he basically you know at, in the beginning even Adam and Eve doubted God and so I went through this mm-hmm. period, this whole book is about like why doubt is not the enemy of faith and mm-hmm. um, oh that's good like, 
and he talks about like how doubt propels people to the point of asking questions. And, you know, you think about yeah. uh, if you're if you're just blindly believing something, you don't always know why you're believing it. Mm. So a lot of Christians shy away from the idea of asking those tough questions, even doubting God in some instances, because they're scared of either what that might mean for them as a Christian, what that might mean with their standing with God, quote unquote. Um, but his point was those tough times bring us to the point where we have to ask those questions, which is basically what I arrived at. And that was the point that I yeah. went where I asked God so many things. And what I ultimately came down to was I, I don't know, I can't know, and I shouldn't know all the answers because if I do, then he is no longer God to me. Mm. And it was so mm. refreshing yes. to read. It was so refreshing to read this from his book because he's also mm. saying that where it's okay to say, I don't know. And too many pastors yeah. and like yeah. people that work in the Christian world, they want to be able to provide answers for you, but they mm. just making up stuff because they don't always <laughs> know the answer. And yeah. I know that that was the case when I worked in media, it was like, you kind of had to feign that you were this expert on something. And even if you didn't know mm -hmm. the answer, you would, you would act like you did. I mean, think about talk radio and talk, t you know, TV show, talk shows, they do that all the time. But like with Christianity, it's okay to say, I don't know. And I mm. guess that's kind of bringing me to the point of, I assume you also went through a period where you experienced some doubt and what was that period like for you? And, you know, as you wrestled with those questions, you know, what was, I don't want to say like the verdict afterward, but like, what did you ultimately arrive at after you went through that period? And obviously it's still kind of a, it's still a period that we're continuously going through. But when you, I guess when you think about like the really thick of it, I think I, for me, I could pinpoint like the fall of 2016 was like yeah. the thick of it for me. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if you think about that time period, you know, what was that period of doubt like? What were the questions that you asked and kind of what did you arrive on the other end of it? Oh my gosh, so good. I asked yeah. so many loaded questions. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, first of all, first of all, just a quick, like, I love everything you just said about doubt not being the enemy of faith or something. Yes. That was really, that was like, wow, that was a little mic. That's the subtitle of his like, book. It's why oh, God is not the enemy of faith. Yeah. Oh my, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Wow. Definitely just, like, recommend yeah, it's I don't a super easy. Answer, but... It was like a, I read it in two days, and I'm not a fast reader, so oh, wow. uh, it's like okay. three, it's like, it's like four hours on audiobook, so it's really easy. Oh, nice. Okay, well, that is going on the list. Um, yeah, no, I think I think well, that's I think it's good. I think it's good. You know, everyone gives like Thomas a bad rap, like oh, doubting Thomas, like oh, like man of little faith, terrible Tom, like whatever. But it's like, come on now, like I think it's just it's realistic to like. To like leave room for doubting and I think like God so the thing is like God knows we're human and like God understands our humanity and like I think it's beautiful when we can like bring our doubt to him and be like all right God like this is where I'm at because he has like so much grace and like love for that you know like he wants to hear your doubts he wants to answer them he like he wants to work through it with you so I think sometimes a lot of people are like afraid to even admit their doubt but it's like, no, like, that's beautiful. Like, you should, because then it opens up the, like, authentic space for all the other Christians that are thinking the same thing, you know? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we can talk about this. But I guess, yeah, it, it definitely opened up this area where I noticed I was, <clears throat> well, I was definitely working through some bitterness. I have to admit that. I was, like, feeling very angry at God, feeling very bitter, and I was, like, and, and the thing is, too, you get a lot of, like, trite answers from other Christians, and so that would always, like, really bug me, and I just wouldn't want to talk to anyone because I was, like, especially, I mean, like, if you can find a compassionate, empathetic Christian, like, that is great because they can, like, or someone that has also experienced suffering, you know, usually. That's why I married a Christian marriage counselor because she's an yes. empathetic Christian. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, because cause not everyone is, to be honest, and I mean, you know what, that's because probably they haven't experienced, like, the depths of, you know, some of these traumas, which is good, I don't wish it on anybody, but I feel like if we can all be understanding people and show grace for our suffering, <laughs> our suffering brothers and sisters, that, that would go a long way because I experienced a lot of try answers a lot of people saying things like like oh just trust god more you know or whatever like things like that and that faith, would yeah. make me more bitter and and angrier because i was like i was trusting god i was taking leaps in my life that i hadn't taken like right before she died and so it caused a lot of more like how can i trust you god and like 
how do I know like you really care about me or how do I know you're really going to keep me safe if you like allow this to happen, you know, and all these different things. And like doubting, doubting the goodness of God for me. I think it's always been easier to like be like, oh, I believe God's goodness for others, but I don't know if I really believe it for me. You know, and that's something that if I'm completely honest, I still sometimes struggle with today. Like, it's like I sometimes I have to just remind myself sometimes if I'm going through a funky day and I'm having like a bad time or something or just like getting bogged down with something, I can realize like I'm thinking in this way and I have to like address it. You know what I mean? And I think I was starting to really doubt God's goodness for me and, and all these things. And I started just questioning him and 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 really coming back with like just an attitude of like sharp answers like, oh, yeah, right. Like he doesn't care about me, you know, and it was this attitude. And I and I at the time I, I didn't have a church home because my church was like an hour away. And when Christina passed away, I it, I just lost like all physical and mental capacity to even just drive that far. And I was like, I cannot invest in a church that is an hour away right now because I can't go there multiple times a week. It's actually out of state. So I need to cross a bridge, pay a toll, all this stuff, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I need to find a church that's closer um, to my home, which I did. But it took me some time. And I think because I wasn't in a community for a while, that made it worse, you know? So I have to say, like, in this process, like, if you can just plug yourself into, like, a community, like a good church home, where you're still surrounded by good teaching, like, by truth, because... If you're going to be in your head all the time, all you're going to be hearing is your own thoughts and you spin yourself in circles. And that only makes makes things worse. It only makes you doubt more. That only gives the enemy an easier shot at you. It's like a, she- a lone sheep in the in the field, you know, rather than like a whole flock. The wolf can easily right. get to that, you know. And so I worked through all these doubts. I was doing all this studying. I was getting like books and like reading information on like like doing research like in the Bible about like suffering and pain and like why God allows it and like how we know, you know, and I was like trying to read and trying to find all these answers. And I did that over a period of time. And even just, you know, on my own, like praying and reading and and just crying and mourning through all of this stuff and throwing all these questions out at God. And, and, you know, it was like really, really dark. And I noticed this kind of like pattern um, in myself on that journey. I spent a lot of time, alone at first right and then I finally went to church <laughs> I finally went back to yeah. church and just getting like the just having the opportunity to just worship every week even 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 apart from the sermon like I feel like worship is such a re like orienting position to be like yes like you are great and I am not and you are God and I don't understand you know it's like such a good healthy for your spirit reorienting and then to have like truth poured into your life that helps me a lot um i think like i was like in this very selfish bitter place before that and finally when i went back i was like i have to be honest with myself i have to really dig in and i have to like not say i'm digging in and not really putting in effort you know what i mean so mm-hmm. at that point i i started to really see like I guess a lot more clarity. Um, and then I really kind of came, I went through all those answers, all those questions and throwing out all those things and reading all that stuff. And I just came to the conclusion that like, I won't know. Cause it was like, yep. he, wasn't, he wasn't answering that question. And I think I had to just come to the place where I just had to accept. I won't know. And I won't understand. But what I do know <laughs> is that God cares that God mourns the death of his saints, you know, that God loves and like God works. God is intentionally always a part of like everything in my life if I will let him be. And so even though I don't understand it, even though like my entire life is like wrecked and I feel like just completely devastated, like he's still with me. Yeah. And he and he understands and he's writing something beautiful that will come out of it that redeems it somehow, you know, and I've seen like aspects of that. And while it doesn't bring her back and while it doesn't like heal the wound or fill the wound, it brings like a set a sort of healing that I wouldn't have expected. And it brings like a sort of peace that I did not know was possible, you know? Um, and it's, 
it's getting me through, you know what I mean? And he's working through it and he's healing me, but it's one of those things. It's kind of like, you have to just learn to accept what you don't know and don't understand. And you have to learn to just embrace the being okay, like with not being okay. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no, that's, to me, that's a lot of emotions to work through. That's the only place that I could reasonably arrive at whenever I got to this. Because what happened yeah. for me was after David died, I first of all, I was mourning his loss. Um, because for me, that was like the first real tragedy. Like my mother, my mother passed away when I was 14, but she had lupus, and that was like an understood thing. Like whenever you get sick like that, you die. That makes sense. Even though she was 49 and relatively young, it was like, that makes sense to me. And I could even process that at age 14. But whenever I was in my late 20s and this happened to me, I'm like, why can't a, why would a guy who has devoted his entire life to, to serving the Lord, his daughter who was going to be a, I mean, would have, I mean, she was like, I don't, she truly, in my opinion, had a voice similar to Christina's. Like she was that good of a singer. And then his mother, who is like a sweet, you know, a grandmother killed all in the same crash. And and to me, I'm like, how could God allow that to happen? And then, then also allow like, you know, his other daughter survived the crash. So she's living with the trauma of like having to see this happen to her family. And I cannot imagine the trauma that she's been going through. And she's, you know, her and um, David's father has been like an amazing amount of uh, shows an amazing amount of faith. I mean, just that I, I could go off on a tangent about that, but like that family, I'm just like, how can God allow that to happen whenever this guy's given his entire life to praising the Lord and serving the Lord, but other people like this guy who got drunk at a football game and drove down the interstate and crashed into them is okay to live? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So then it went from that into like, then why does this happen? Like, like I was a month away from proposing to Emily and I was asking what's the point of even getting married? What's the point of, of being married? If we're not going to be married in heaven, what's the point of that? Like I was asking all these crazy questions and my mind was going nuts. And this was the first year that I was a teacher. So I was dealing with the stress of that and I was a mental wreck. And so I was just like, I have no idea what in the world to do with this. And finally, like it wasn't until like a year later that I finally was just like, I don't know. And I have to stop this quest for knowing because I I forget where I learned this. It might've been in the book that I just read, but basically the idea of going after that knowledge, I mean, it becomes an idol almost. Mm. And it's not like, you're not, you're not, you're not searching after God. You're searching after this self-knowledge, but like finite beings as human beings, we cannot understand an infinite God. It is physically and mentally impossible. And that's just something that like, God did not create us with the Mm. ability to understand him fully. And that that to me, I'm like, okay, like, I have to say that I can just say, yeah. right, I don't understand that. So that's, yeah. I mean, I, you're, I mean, what you're saying is true. Like we just, we don't know. I mean, as Christians, you know, how hard, at least for you personally, how hard has it been for you just to accept that, that like, I don't know why terrorists can fly a plane into a building. I don't understand why children can have cancer and yet God can still say that he's good. Like, I don't like, for you as a Christian, I mean, like, what has that process been like to wrestle with that? And, you know, I guess coming to the point where you accepted that, what was that whole process like? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> you ask great questions. And then, like, I feel like I could sit for days and think about them. Um, no, that's like, ugh, I mean, this is a question that I'm pretty sure, like, every human on the planet asks. Because at least to some degree, because we see so much terrorism in the world and so many things. And like you bring up terrorism, I think was, well, yeah, was like a, was a good point because I think, you know, so many people will, will say that as a thought that they've had, you know, like, well, how can God allow that? Like, that's horrific. And if I think it's horrible and God's claiming he's good and he's ultimate, like, and supreme, like, shouldn't he think it's horrible too, you know? And I mean, the answer is he does. And I think like, it's a, it's a lot to reconcile with. And I think like the fact that he is good shows in the fact that he is allowing time to keep going before he comes back in order that people will come to know him. You know, like he's, he's giving time because he's giving opportunity 
for more people to come to accept him and to like know him as Lord and Savior in their lives. And that's why we see God like waiting. Like it, it seems like, oh, like, well, where, where is he? Like, wh- why doesn't he stop these things? Like, why doesn't he just come back already? Like, especially as a Christian, it's kind of like, Hosanna, like, why don't you just come back already? Like, I'm so tired of it. Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You watch the news, everything's just like falling apart. And I mean, I feel like that's a natural desire that wells up in you. And as a Christian, thank God, like we have hope for that. But I think like, it's just, it's, oof. I think reconciling, like, like God doesn't like cause people to do this harm. Like this is a, this is a, um, this is because of their, because of their choices. You know, it's not, it's not because of God. It doesn't reflect God's choice. It reflects God's choice to give us free will, you know, but it's, it's, it's the fact that like he's letting us, you know, we want to run our own lives. Okay. So he's letting us and he's respecting us. And that, in that it's like, he's good. He's like, he's letting us make our own choices. But obviously some people make like, well, we all make wrong choices, but some people make like terrible, really terrible choices. You know, we see terrorists and we see people, yeah, shooting in places and, and getting drunk and causing accidents. And, um, I think like separating that fact of like, this is not like a result, I guess, of, of God causing harm. Like this is a result of a human in a messed up sinful world at the moment. And it doesn't mean that God does not have control. I kind of like to think of it as like, well, God's sovereignty, that's a whole other conversation. But like, I kind of like to think of it as like, I kind of have this image, I'm a very like visual person, but I kind of have this image of like everything in like God's hand, right? Even one, because it's very tiny and everything's moving about and he intervenes and he he's involved very actively, very personally down to like every single human individual and making these incredible webs and stories that all work together that are very complex, which are amazing. But he's letting us make our own choices, you know? And I think like, it's not that he doesn't have control because he does. He could just be like, you're gone. You know what I mean? But he's like letting us go until his time when he'll be like, okay, and now's the time. And I gave you this this amount of time to make the right choices to come to know me, you know? But it's like, until then, like, we just have to wait <laughs> and, like, keep pressing in. And I think that, for me, is kind of just, like, it's, yeah, it's, again, it's kind of, like, I don't know, recognizing that theological, like, fact and also just being, like, okay, I have to just kind of accept that. It's an, it's another thing of, like, you're God and I'm not, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I just think, like, for me personally, if I if I understood everything about God, then there would be no reason for me to have faith. And oh the whole point of Christianity is like... If I understood everything. Yeah, like, I just... I would be God. As, as much as I, 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 I wrote, I mean, I've blogged about this. This is part of my book. Like, I absolutely hate it when I don't know something about a situation. If, if there's, like, if I feel like... So, like this is partly what you know prompted me to go into journalism. It's like I, I want to know everything that's going on, and <laughs> if if I feel like people know something that I don't know, it's like you get this like FOMO, like fear of missing out on something, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's like to a much larger degree, it's like why don't I understand? I'm living in this world and I'm serving this God that I don't understand everything about. Like why why don't why, why can't I understand why X, Y, and Z happens? And it's just, it's a frustrating thing. And I do think that every Christian goes through it. And my advice to to anybody that's listening that has gone through that is like, try to put down your own pride mm-hmm. in thinking that you deserve to know everything. And it's a really hard thing for us because, you know, we're so self-centered, especially in 2020 now where like we're all addicted to cell phones and our social media. And we have so many people telling us how great we are and, we can get this idea that the world really is about me. It's, mm, it's yeah. not, I mean, it, it yeah. is, but it's not like, it's about us that we're, you know, we actually had a, our, our pastor at church was just did a whole sermon. That's, it was called, it's, it's not about you. And um, <laughs> like, it's a, it was a whole sermon about that where, I mean, not, not necessarily to that like uh, elementary of a degree. I mean, it was a much more theological discussion, you know, but it was mm. like the idea that like, you know, you, we're, 
we're our goal should be to praise the Lord and and bring glory to His name, and not mm-hmm. like if, if we're sitting here and try to understand anything. To me, it's just like it is a it is an idol. And one thing that I really yeah. have enjoyed that our pastor has said is, you know, you're going to meet a lot of people that they're going to want evidence, they're going to want proof, mm-hmm. and I can't yeah. offer proof for everything. I can't. I can't offer evidence, but what I can offer you is my experience with the Lord. What I can offer you is my story mm-hmm. and nobody can refute that. Nobody can, mm-hmm. nobody can tell you, Sarah, that your story is inaccurate. They can't mm-hmm. tell you that. Like if you say God moved in my life, there's nothing that anybody can say about that. Cause you're the only person that knows that. And to me, mm-hmm. that's given me a lot of comfort that like I have experienced the forgiveness and grace of the Lord and the love of the Lord, mm-hmm. even in those dark times. Mm-hmm. And nobody can argue with that. So mm-hmm. I just, People that are listening, yeah. it's like rest in that fact that if you've experienced yeah. the Lord, don't let somebody else's doubt who like there's Barnabas talks about this in his book. There's unbelieving doubt and then there's believing doubt. And the difference mm. is that unbelieving doubt is like atheists and people that want to persuade you that there isn't a God. Believing mm. doubt is saying, I believe like the ver- he talks about he has it tattooed. It's the verse that says I I believe help my unbelief and that's the yeah. you know that's that's the, that. the book and it's basically saying yeah. like i believe i still don't understand help my unbelief so yeah. um yeah i mean that's i don't know i mean that's that's kind of where i've arrived at at least yeah oh my gosh same same and i feel like i feel like it's a daily thing too almost like i feel like you get to a place after a season of hurting and, and searching and you get to a place where you're finally like okay I think this is just what I have to do, you know, but then I feel like after that, it's not like suddenly in a second, you're like, okay, like I'm good now. Like that's what I got. And, and I feel like it's a daily choice. Like I feel like every day, whenever I'm faced with like something difficult or like, I mean, not to like share too much, but like I do, I am, I do have some PTSD from it that I deal with. So I have nightmares quite a lot and I wake up and I have images in my head and things like that I don't want to see or be thinking about. You know, and it can affect my day, it can affect my week, it can like linger with me. It's really hard to get through. All sorts of stuff like that. Like it it, it definitely like it, it feels like it brings you back to square one sometimes. You know, you're like, I thought I worked through through this already, um, you know, mentally and like with the Lord, like spiritually and everything. But I feel like sometimes it's almost a almost like a daily choice. You have to like bring that pain right back and be like, no, God, like this is what I have to do. Like, this is the answer. And you have to be like intentional. And I, I want to add that, like, in all of the searching, like, if you are genuinely, honestly, authentically, like coming to God, open, like, this is where I'm at. And and this is what I need help with. And I'm asking this question, but like, give me your answer, you know, because it might not be the answer you're looking for. Like, he will meet you. And I think for me, right. like, he met me in so many ways that I didn't ask <laughs> that I didn't expect I you know he wasn't answering the like some of the questions I was asking but he showed up and he was present with me and it like continuously amazed me and like seeing him show up in my bible reading or something or like in my prayer like putting ideas or thoughts or answers into my mind even or just like through sermons like answering things that I had read or had been thinking you know and you're just like oh my gosh like God is with me and God is actively like pursuing me you know and and he will you just have to be like so honest you can't be like closed off like I'm gonna think what I want to think and like maybe half ask him like if you're genuinely like and I said half ask sorry I just want to like clarify I was yeah. like <laughs> ASK for anybody that is listening <laughs> Um, sorry, but yeah, like he, he will show up, you know? And I think for me that, that was a big reason why I was able to like, to move forward was because he showed up, you know, like it wasn't just me like settling that answer. Like it's because he, he showed himself to me and was continually like, Hey, I'm with you and I love you and I care about you and I care about this situation in your life and I want to see you whole, you know? Um, so like just to be an encouragement, Uh, like he will show up. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Two questions that I always like to ask my guests. Um, we've already kind of been talking about this the entire episode, mm-hmm. but um, if you can kind of, if you maybe think back to, I guess either the last year or some sort of a benchmark of mm-hmm. like a of a period of time where you can think of like, you know, this was a, a turning point in my life. What if you had to say one or two things? 
what have you learned specifically about God <clears throat> during those periods? So maybe if you want to use like Christina's death until now, or maybe there was another benchmark in there, but like in terms of just kind of the last season of your life, what is it that you've learned about God? Woo. <laughs> um, hmm. um, wow. So many things. <laughs> um, I guess while well, using like this, I guess, whole experience with losing Christina, um, using that as like a season, I guess, um, a benchmark, because that's pretty much the biggest benchmark in my life, I think. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I, I don't know, like on a, on a really quick random note, like a friend of mine who has cancer was saying to me one time, I've always, after, after I got diagnosed with the cancer, I measured everything and like before the cancer, after the cancer. And I was like, I feel like that's how I measure time. You know, it's like before Christina, after Christina, but, um, yeah, I guess like I've learned, I've learned so much in this time. Honestly, I'm like incredibly grateful and like surprised maybe even. Um, I kind of feel like a whole different person since it happened. I feel like it, I learned, I don't know, it's put so many things in perspective for me. It's given me so much more grace for other people. I feel like I was a decently gracious person before, but like, I feel like my compassion level and like my patience with other humans has just like skyrocketed. Like, I just have a lot of empathy for like other people and like what they're going through, you know? And I feel like that's something he's given me through this. Um, and also like, I guess, I guess I, hmm, hmm, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm thinking of things now that maybe I haven't quite thought of before, but I feel like maybe a really big lesson that covers a lot of ground would be that God is trustworthy. Um, and, you know, I think that's a really big thing for me because I've grown up in a lot of ways dealing with people who, who were not trustworthy. And I was, um, you know, I've been completely living on edge a lot of times, never sure if the rug was going to be pulled out from beneath me, you know, like never sure if I could really trust and, and dealing with a lot of different difficult things over the span of my life. And I feel like trust has always been just a difficult thing. I've always really loved God and like wanted to, to serve him, you know, and to, um, like to like please him to bring him joy you know from my life and but I feel like there's always been part of me that's been like reserved and holding back because I'm never I'm, not, I'm just not quite sure you know and then this absolutely tested that like to the max because I was in the season where I was actually about to move out of state like really on a whim like completely stepping out in faith like I was supposed to leave seven days after Christina died and move in with like some friends in another place and like just go for it and like had hardly any money you know like it was this really big step of faith and then that happened and it threw a lot of questions of like wait a second like I was is this like punishment you know I was stepping on in faith and like once I you know obviously like as we've shared like I, I worked through all of that and coming out the other side like he has been faithful and he has like answered so many things so many questions I've had. He has given me so many blessings through it all. He's like shaped me and changed my character in so many good vital ways that I needed, you know? And I feel like he's just been like constantly present through all of it. And I feel like he's just proven to me, like not that he needed to, but like, I feel like he personally like went through all that and he's proven to me like that he is trustworthy in this very like gentle way that I kind of like childhood Sarah was still like injured, you know? And like, like who are you you know and I feel like he just like gave me what I needed which was gracious and just showed me like hey like I love you you can trust me you know through all of it and that's probably like overall probably the umbrella lesson I guess yeah. um now that I've learned through all of it and then that that's that's so great and <laughs> the, the last, last question here I know that you do a lot of different things to stay active and like you know keep your mind kind of off of these sort of uh, negative thoughts, I guess, if you want to call it that. The, sh the show is called In No Hurry. And so I always like to talk to people about <laughs> like, you know, what do you do to kind of slow down in your life to like maintain balance and 
I guess make time for the things that you enjoy. You know, obviously we're all running busy lives. And I think that's the whole point of this is that like we are running ourselves ragged and like we need to make sure we keep a Sabbath and keep, you know, time to ourselves and maintain balance. So I guess what do you, I know that you're involved with bar and other things, but like, what do you, what do you do to kind of maintain balance and uh, I guess kind of serenity in your life? Mm, that's a good question. That's so funny. I actually just shared an Instagram post this morning, a really brief one, but it was about like, how I'm so exhausted today because I've been working so hard all week and I was taking, I slept in, I canceled my like morning plans and I just slept in and I was like, Sarah, you know, you just need rest. (laughs) So I'm very much like attuned because I'm, you know, growing up, I was, I was always very like shut off my own needs to like help other people. And I've learned how unhealthy that is. Um, because if you're not like in a healthy place, you can't even serve people well. So I think I'm very attuned to like, working hard, but always making sure that I have that time, whether it's like just time at the end of the night, like I turn on my Christmas lights, it kind of gets in the mood, you know, and I like do some good like reading and just like relax. And I usually like to kind of get up a little extra early, do just like a nice little morning routine that I have. And I always like work out, I always exercise. And that's just kind of like, gives me a good routine that, that helps me going, gives me energy for the day. And it's like feeding my soul, it's giving me endorphin you know like like just making sure that I have mental clarity to do everything else well um does does that answer it like I kind of have like a little morning and evening routine like that um that kind of that kind of keeps me on track you know kind of I I set my intention for the day in the morning and I kind of gather myself together at night like review prepare for the next day so that kind of uh I think taking that time I think because sometimes we're all in a rush and we can be like, oh, I just got to brush my teeth and like run out the door for work. Like who who wants to get up early? But like really taking the time just to get up a little extra early to do those things like makes me feel so much better throughout the day. And it might be like an hour, an extra hour of sleep you may have wanted. But if but taking it to do that, I always find like I feel better. My day goes more smoothly. Um, so that's probably <laughs> my answer for you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's no right or wrong answer to that question. So. <laughs> well, Sarah, I'm about, so grateful for you? our friendship. How, how do you? <laughs> how do I? How do I? Okay, well, um, I listen to a lot of music. Nobody's ever asked me that. I appreciate it. Um, I, I listen to a lot of music. I play tennis too. I don't. I, since we moved to Bowling Green, I haven't played as much tennis just because I, 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 thankful I did meet a lot of guys here that do play tennis. And I'm getting involved in the tennis community here but that's kind of my main thing but I've like I have a a really messed up back and I heard it like back in October and I played a tournament in November and it was like the worst tournament I've ever played in so like I I did not play well at all so like I haven't played as much tennis lately just because I've been trying to let my back heal but I usually do that um Emily and I like to go out to eat a lot we go to coffee shops um my life (laughs) so I'm trying I have a goal of uh I have a goal of reading 25 books this year which if anybody knows me, I am not a reader, which is hilarious because I taught English. I, I, I read the books that I had to teach and then I did not, like I was just so busy when I was a teacher, I didn't have time to read. And I've already read two in January, which 25 a year is basically two books a month. So I'm already on track for that and I'm like halfway through another one. So I'm hoping that I can do that this year. And uh, that, and I write, I, mean, I like to write. So I do a lot of different mm, things. I'm, yeah. I'm significantly less busy now than I was as a teacher. So if you would have asked me this question a year ago, it would have been a completely different answer because I would have been like, like haha, I don't have any time to chill. Uh, but now it's kind of like yeah. I, I, work, I work from home and doing this podcast is kind of a, is kind of an answer to that too. I mean, I like to interview people and like, that's the one thing I miss most about journalism is I don't get to interview people as much whenever, you know, in my normal job. And so this is kind of a, a fun thing for me to do just to like share people's stories and, you know, connect with friends and meet new people and like hear different people's stories. So I've been really excited because there's been a lot of different, there's been a variety of people on the show so far and I've been really pleased with like the variety of stories that they've shared, the variety of experiences that they brought, which is like, for me, it's just kind of like, I don't have any agenda with this other than to like, you know, I just want to be like bringing people conversations with people. I mean, it feels like podcasting is a thing to do now. So I'm like, I got to jump on the board here, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's my, that's my long winded answer. I have a lot of different things that I do. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It kind of depends on the day, whatever I feel like that day. So, yes, I feel you. I think it's good to keep your hands in like hobbies and doing things that you enjoy because it just is so distressing. De- not distressing, de stressing. What's the word? It relieves stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Depressing, laughs> yes. Well, Sarah, I'm so grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful for 
all the conversations we've gotten to have about the topic of grief and just the work that we have been doing individually um, for, you know, trying to work through our own grief too, like with writing and all that kind of stuff. So stay strong and you've obviously got, if you, if you need a, an empathetic Christian to talk to, you've got one right here. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that, you know, opening up sometimes about this kind of stuff is not always easy. And I've always been grateful that you've been super open and, uh, you know, I think it, I think it helps to bring this kind of a conversation out into the light for other people to hear it. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Cole. Yeah, it's been great getting to know you and hear your story as well. And it's definitely good for processing when you can have these conversations and like with each other and good for others as well. Just like bringing awareness to what it's like so you can know for yourself and know how to help others too. So yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) I am just so thankful to have Sarah as a friend because unless you've gone through a tragedy where you've really lost somebody and especially in a tragic way, it's hard to explain somebody just the depth and the exact emotions that you're going through. And so to have somebody who has been through something similar, um, I mean, hers was, I think, a lot more personal, uh, but to have somebody that I could talk to and um, relate my feelings to has been awesome. And so I'm just really thankful that she was on here to share her story and share the experiences that she's gone through and just be open about the struggles she's had with her own faith and the hard questions that she has asked God, because I think so many of us have been there and we're just... I think sometimes we're embarrassed or ashamed of asking those questions. And the truth is it's normal. It's okay. And especially if that leads you to a more solidified, stronger faith in Jesus. So I really hope that this conversation was encouraging to you. I hope that if you're in this place or if you're ever in this place eventually where you experience a tragedy, I hope that this conversation can be of some value to you because This has been something that I have dealt with for three years, and it's not so much the grieving process as much anymore for me. It's the fact that I still struggle with a lot of these tough questions that were entered into my brain following the tragedy that I went through. So it's just something that I'm constantly working through every day, and I think that a lot of Christians are as well. So this probably is one of the most important conversations that I'll ever have on this podcast, and I'm just so thankful for Sarah uh, for coming on here and bringing this conversation to you all. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. As always, feel free to reach out to me if you've got questions or any suggestions. Cole Claiborne on pretty much any social media channel. You can also email me, coleclaiborne at gmail.com. I will put Sarah's social media channels in her website and link to her own podcast, Shadowlands, in my episode notes as well. So please reach out to her. Let her know that you enjoyed hearing her on the show and that you appreciated having her open up and tell her story on this show as well. But thank you guys for listening. We've got a really awesome set of guests for February coming up. So please stay tuned and make sure you check back every Monday for a new episode. Find some time to relax and not be in a hurry this week. And we'll catch you next week.